Over the last several decades, there has been a mighty battle with regard to the inspiration of Scripture. Now, some of you have not been a part of that battle, but many of us in more liberal denominations most certainly have. A battle for the Bible. But there's only one problem. When you come to believe as a people that the Bible is inspired, you've only fought half the battle. Because the question is not merely, is the Bible inspired? Is it inerrant? The major question following that that must be answered, is the Bible sufficient? Or do we have to bring in every so-called social science and cultural study in order to know how to run a church? That is a major question. All the activity in our church must be based upon the Word of God. All the activity in missions upon the Word of God. Everything we do ought to flow from the theologian and the exegete. The man who opens up his Bible and only has one question. What is thy will, O God? Welcome to the Nerd Gospel Podcast, where we discourage you from taking things out of their packaging unless it's your Bible. Unwrap that biz, baby cakes. <laughs> <laughs> Crack that spine, sniff it, open it up. Now, yeah, toys, leave those in the bag. They're worth going to be worth a lot of money. But your Bible is not increasing in value. No, just keep it. There's millions of them. It will increase in value as you read <laughs> as it. As you read it. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Let's get to the news. Believe it or not... There are over, believe it or not, you don't have to believe this. I don't. You don't, you don't have to. I don't believe it. There are over 60 Marvel and DC Comics movies currently being confirmed, rumored, or in development. That's coming from comicbookmovie.com. Do you I, believe that? I find it odd that they include rumored. Just you, like some, you believe some it guys. Not? You don't have to believe no, it. No, I don't okay. believe it. <laughs> All right, good. I 60? It. That's too I'll many. I'll believe for you. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's go through these. Black Panther. This is just 2018, what we know. Black Panther, Gonna New Mutants. Good. I don't know. Uh, that horror film that looks so horror-ish. Uh, Avengers Infinity War. Now, yeah. that was the best part of the Star Wars movie. Yeah, the, the trailer. It was the Avengers trailer. <laughs> it looked amazing on the big screen. It really, you could feel it in the con- like the congregation. The uh, congregation. In, in the uh, audience. What, what do you call it? The audience. Yeah. Thank you. The congregation of the theater. Uh, you could feel it in the audience. Like people were like, <gasps> you know, and then, yeah. oh, man, when Black Panther says, and get that man a shield. You're like, oh, get him a shield. Who's holding his shield? Get him I, a think, shield. I think what you could feel was your yeah, feet was just tapping up shaking. and down. Like, oh. It was me convulsing <laughs> with excitement. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Toot, toot. All aboard. There you go. Uh, Deadpool 2. <laughs> Stinker. Ant-Man and Wasp. That'll be fun. Yeah. Teen Titans Go. I didn't even know they were making a movie about this. I did Teen not Titans, either. Cartoon Teen Titans Go. Venom. I'm excited about that. It's coming in October, so I think it's going to be like a... Oh, creepy. I creepy. Be good. Ooh, spooky. Spooky. Scary. Dark Phoenix, which I had no clue about. Nope. I'm done with uh, I'm done with Phoenix. But that's see, these could change though, because Marvel just bought Fox. Yeah, but if this is for the twenty eighteen, it's already Yeah. I know, but well it's already set you say set in stone, but they can do it. Disney could be like, We're putting Mickey Mouse on Dark Phoenix, whatever. That'll make it good. Uh that'll be great. Spider Man animated film. There's a quick teaser for this about Spider Verse. Oh right. Uh with Miles Morales and Looks all the others. Right. Aquaman. <laughs> Yeah, I know you don't like it. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, that Spider-Man animated one's interesting. Spider-Verse is kind of a new story. Right. But the, the idea goes like this. And every So every DC and Marvel both have these massive universes that are alternate universes. Mm-hmm. And so on planet 57 or planet 102, there's different Spider-Men. Like right. they're not all Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, so Miles Morales is one of those in the uh, whatever universe. I can't think of the main one. Ultimate universe. I'm sorry. Hmm. So he took over Peter Parker in that one, and he teams up with other people. Anyway, Spider-Verse is a lot of fun. But Super there's like multiple fun. Spider-Mans in the oh, same yeah. universe. Oh, yeah, and they all team up in Spider-Verse to fight together, which is so... Oh, Against like, multiple Green yeah, Goblins. Like like 50 Spider-Men. It's really oh, great. Okay. So that's a super cool storyline. Uh, veteran Star Wars composer, I don't know if you've heard of this up-and-coming guy, John Williams. Do you know any of his works? I heard... He's well, done a few good things. It's yeah. a very common name, so I He's could be going confusing to him. <laughs> Williams, John P. Williams will write the theme... For Solo. Solo. A Star Wars story. Solo. Anytime I say Solo, I have to say it, Greedo. Solo. Poco moco Solo. I have a request after we finish talking about yeah. this. I'd like to hear nothing about Star Wars for the next three months. Yeah, I think we're... Yeah, just as a heads up, we're done with Star Wars. Uh, we literally, we've done all the... You know, the original trilogy, we did Force <laughs> Awakens. We're, we need a break from Star Wars for a this little bit. This is it. We're n- no more Star Wars news. Yeah, give us a, a few months here, and then once we get to Solo, we'll talk about it. There so no more no more of that. 
Hellboy has rap production. Pretty excited about that. Have you seen the first two? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a new thing. Yeah, but I I like those movies quite a bit. Yeah, and the guy playing Hellboy is Hopper from Stranger Things. Oh, how, how crazy is that? That yeah. seems odd. Did you know that? Well, he's no. ripped. He, he's no, he's not. He's pudgy. No, 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 no. <laughs> not he anymore. Showed, he posted an Instagram thing in like 20 days. He got, he's just ripped. This dude is huge and he looks awesome. So hmm, interesting. I'm pumped about that. That's going to be fun. I so like, is he? Yeah. He's very, uh, <laughs> pump you up. Yeah, that's right. uh, Netflix is the Witcher showrunner teases a new production logo and familiar location. So Witcher is a video game, okay. which we trashed last episode. We love video games. We love video games. The Witcher 1, 2, and 3, probably one of the greatest video games of all time. Okay. And so if you're listening to this and you know you know exactly what I'm talking about if you played it. I played them. It's The storytelling is phenomenal. The gameplay is incredible. It's a f- I cannot. I can sing its praises. I wrote a song about it. What? The Witcher. I wrote a song. I'll sing it later. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so they're making a Netflix show. That'll be cool. Will it? Yeah. Oh, you're okay. gonna love it. So if you like the show, you'll like the game. It's really okay. really cool. I'm right. Geralt I'm doing it. Oh, it's great. Uh, let's talk some cryptocurrency. Oh dear. Jeremy and I have gotten into this. A lot, right? Too I much. Mean, we, I'd say we're pretty into it at this point. I'm reading a lot of articles, listening to podcasts, you constantly checking my it, finance right? account. Yeah. It's so crazy. Jeremy and I are into cryptocurrencies. It's fun. We're I not in it very with. far monetarily. No. Like we don't have our fortunes. No. no well, no, we, we don't have fortunes. No, not but yet. But they're not invested <laughs> not in crypto. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> but we're on the moon train. Yeah. We, we hop aboard. We're hodling. Uh, we H-O-D-L. are hodling. <laughs> Hold on for dear life. Uh, I would say that like, I'm very fascinated by the technology aspect of yes. it. The idea that you know, people talk about uh, if you could have invested in stuff when, before the internet and, was the internet yeah. or Apple before it was Apple. Like, I feel like that's where we are with cryptocurrency. When you, it's, if you just think of it as, oh, Bitcoin, oh, it's a marketing yeah. blah, 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 yeah. then you're not getting it. Like, this is going to change, I think, the way that we do everything. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Well, so think about it this way. If you go back and you think about before credit cards mm-hmm. existed, mm-hmm. I remember when credit cards came out, like debit cards, all these things were coming out and everybody was getting them. My parents didn't, they still wrote checks for a long time. Yeah. They were like, oh, we don't trust that stuff. We don't trust it. With every new piece of technology, like it's, it's smart to be wary about it. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't want to get into cryptocurrencies, don't do it yet. Just wait. Sure. Right. Everybody will work out all the kinks. We'll get the security stuff down. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy and I are here on the ground floor. We're having a fun time with it. It's a, it's a lot yeah. of fun. And it's really, really cool because I think in the next 10 or 15 years, everybody will be using cryptocurrency wallets to pay for things. Yeah. Like and, a lot of things. And the the stuff that makes cryptocurrency work is going to get into all kinds of other parts of our yeah. life. Like uh, the idea of streaming payment, this is getting way too far in. We'll, yeah. we'll come back in a second. Yeah. <laughs> but like I was listening to a podcast yesterday where he's talking about with car insurance, there's no reason we couldn't get to the point where you get in your car and turning your car on starts your car insurance payment. Oh. And now you're you're literally streaming, sending them money while you drive as car insurance. And then, you know, you, you go on vacation for two weeks. You're not paying for car insurance anymore because yeah. you're not actually driving. And it's that kind of stuff where streaming payment, the same way that you would stream a movie right now where you're just going to pay to watch the movie, you could do that with all these other things. Uh, insurance could be one of them. Um I don't know. I'm not yeah, smart enough pe- to figure well, this out. Well, people are moving to this. Like, so Amazon, I just read about the Amazon brick and mortar store mm-hmm. where you walk in, you don't pay for anything. You grab all your stuff you need. You walk out of the store and it scans everything as you walk out. So you don't even talk to a person. Perfect. It, it goes through your phone. I mean, it's li- <laughs> like, but that's the future. Yeah. That's the future. And so it's one of those things, like, like we said, if you want to get on board, get on board. If you don't, whatever, it'll be fine. It'll be another Google where you go, blah, blah. And, and the thing with cryptocurrency is it's a massive risk. Mm-hmm. The risk is huge. The market is volatile right now. Yeah. It's not balanced out. What I constantly hear from people is they go, well, it's not backed up by anything. There's no gold backing it up. Mm-hmm. I've heard that multiple times. The interesting thing to know is if you Google, Google this, say, are we on a gold standard? The answer is no, right. we are not. Nothing backs up your dollar right now. There is nothing to back up your dollar except for that the government tells you it's worth a dollar. Right. I mean, it really, we used to be on a gold standard back in like the 1970s. I think we stopped. Hmm. And the interesting thing is there's good reason to believe that there is absolutely no money in Fort Knox. Like I've, I've read stuff about this. I've listened to stuff about it. We have not done a census, like an audit on the, mm-hmm. the gold and gold not in Fort Knox for like 20 something years. Is that right? So, so they don't let anybody in there. 
Mm-hmm. They don't walk in there. It's the most fortified place on earth and we have no clue what's in there. Right. So I'm just saying, if you think that your dollar is any better than a little digital coin, I I just think you should, should think about that. And the other thing about this too, since we're talking about Witcher and video games, right? My kids, my youth kids, download video games that they don't actually own. Right. They just put it on their console and it's there. You can't sell it. You can't get rid of it. You don't have a physical copy, but they, they don't care. Right. Same thing with music. Remember CDs? No, you don't. Right. <laughs> I use a CD still. I have CD like a CD holder, and the kids make fun of me. And they go, "What is what is that?" Huh <laughs> huh. Right. I go, "Those are my CDs. Those are my tangible goods." Mm-hmm. And it, we're getting to a point, as crazy as it is, that tangible goods are just not posh anymore. I guess. <laughs> I guess we'll go back. Like in twenty years, it'll be vintage to have a dollar bill and like you know. Gotcha. Um, anyway, so cryptocurrencies. Don't be um, ignorant of it. Mm-hmm. Like, go do some reading. It, it literally could take you 20 minutes to understand a decent amount. Yeah. Like, you could get a good idea. Not You won't understand blockchain and stuff like that, but you can understand the basic premise of some of these. Yeah. The book that I read uh, to get me started on yeah. just being interested is called Digital Gold. I forget who it's by. Um, but if you... Like if you just want to read a book on it, uh, it it goes into the whole history of Bitcoin, which gives you an idea of Bitcoin or of uh, blockchain technology and all that yeah. stuff. So, and that is news because Bitcoin this year hit twenty almost twenty thousand dollars. Almost, almost. It was close. Almost. Didn't. Now it's down right now. So if you want to, if you want to buy, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get any money for saying that. Just you know, whatever. Go check it out. Let's get to the main event. Back to the future. The basics. The basics. Oh, okay. Sorry. We will do. We're, we're thinking about doing an episode on time, probably time travel. That'd uh, be probably fun. a few. Yeah. In a few. Uh, we're going to start a new series. So we went through kind of uh, creation, fall, redemption, consummation. We went through like the four told story, mm-hmm. fourfold story of the gospel of the Bible, yep. right? And now we want to do a series called Back to the Basics. And basically, what this is going to be is the basics of Christianity. Yeah. Or what we believe. Mm-hmm. And there's two ways we could start this. We could have started this by talking about God, who God is. Right. Uh, but I thought it'd be more helpful for us to start with the Bible mm-hmm. because that tells us who God is. Yes. So the way we're going to do this today, and is if you're sitting here listening and you go, well, this is, I thought this was a nerdy show. I want to hear about Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why I made you like a redneck. Yeah. Huh, there's why one, is, you know, goofy. <laughs> Gorsh. I thought this was a nerd show. Um, <laughs> you sound awesome. It's not. Thanks. He's doing you wrong. <laughs> you sound great. You're, you're a king, a prince. <laughs> this is, um, we're a nerdy theology podcast like yeah. that's if you haven't listened to us and you're just not doing it like that's our thing so we do love the theology we do love the theology and so we're going to talk about it now our point of this is going to be some of you are going to be like yeah i know all this that's fine be encouraged re renew your mind here a little bit okay <laughs> i'm gonna start uh just edify yourself and listen and go okay yeah that's cool to hear and think about and wow what a god we serve yeah if you have no clue about the bible you're going to be like well let's hear what these two crackpots have to say Right. And we and are crackpots. We absolutely are crackpots. Pots with cracks. Yeah. So let's get going on this. Uh, back to the basics. BTTB, as we call it. BTT, <laughs> yeah. BTTB, uh, as we in the know song. Uh-huh. So we're talking about the Word of God. Now, what do we mean, Jeremy, when we talk about the Word of God? What does that mean to you? Yeah. The Word of God is like we got to find a basis for the things we believe. There's got to be some, yes. some bedrock. Uh, I think I mentioned once when my son got baptized, I wrote in his Bible, I said, you need to spend your whole life clearing away the bedrock that is Christ. Yeah. So that means digging out the, the sin all out of your heart. It means trying to really examine like this idea that somebody, somebody comes and says, Hey, is this true? Or, Hey, this is definitely true. Like you got to look at that and see, is this rock or is this clay or is this sand? And then get rid of that stuff. And at the end of your life, hopefully all that's left is Christ. Oh, and you've dug yeah, down to that. the, to the rock. Uh, and the Bible is like, that's God gives it to us and says, here's the rock. This here's is it. the foundation to build upon. This tells you about me, the true foundation. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's his word. And so the Bible is where we start. We have to start. Now, the way this is going to go, it's going to be, uh, some of you are going to be disappointed by this because we're not going to talk about like manuscripts and historical accuracies and inaccuracies. And, and we're not going to talk about contradictions and then prove them, whatever. If you want to know about all that stuff, just go Google it. Mm-hmm. Seriously, just go Google it. It's that simple. Okay. But we're going to talk about are just the basics. And we're going to come at it from sort of a presuppositional thing where you know, if you're listening to this, you know already that God is God. That's you right. do. You, that's what the Bible says. It says you know. And so there, you know, as, as controversial as this is to say, there are no true atheists. Okay. Uh, you may think you are. You may hate God with all your heart. Or you think you do. But you know he exists no matter what. And the reason you hate him is because you know he exists. Yes. 
So anyways, so that's where we're coming from. So when we talk about Word of God, we talk about a few things. The first thing is the Word of God is a person, right, ultimately that lived in human form, God in the flesh, the second person of the Trinity. This is Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the John 1, in the prologue, it says this. Do you mind reading that, Jeremy? Yeah. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Man. And, and so John starts out with this punch to the gut. And you go, the Word? Hmm. What on earth is the Word? The Word was with God? The Word was God? The Word is God? What on earth is this talking about? And now John spends the rest of his book unfolding the word. Yes. The Jesus, the God man, right? The wisdom made flesh. This is God incarnate in the flesh. We just spent Christmas celebrating him, the mm-hmm. word, That's the right. light coming into the darkness. What a glorious thought that is. So when we talk about the word as a person, Jesus is ultimately the true revealed God to us. He says, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Mm-hmm. So if you want to know God, the father, look at Jesus Christ, right? Because he only does what God, the father does. And he only, and you know, it's just beautiful. It's gorgeous. The next part is the word of God is four things. So the first one is God's spoken decrees. So the Bible shows us God's having a dialogue with himself sometimes and, and speaking a decree. So he, at the very beginning, he says, let there be light. Mm-hmm. Now, nobody else is there, but he's inspired. I, I think we say Moses to write this down. Right. He says, let there be light. And what happens? There's, There's light. light. <laughs> and so the things happen when God speaks. Yes. We we say it would say ex nihilo out of nothing. Mm-hmm. So when God says let there be light, there is not light before, and then there just is light. Yes, right. My mom always says, you know, oh bless, my, I love my mom quotes. She says, I I do believe in the Big Bang. God spoke and bang it happened. You know, that's right. <laughs> I love my mom. Uh, she's so great. So she says that. Uh, the second thing is God's personal address to humans. So he God in the Bible talks to humans. He walks with Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Talks with Adam. He talks with Moses. He talks with Job. He personally addresses people. Yes. Okay. Talks with them. Anytime Jesus speaks to somebody, that's God, the God man speaking to a human being. Mm-hmm. Right. The third thing is God's speech is through the prophets. So this it says long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty of on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. That's from Hebrews, I believe, the very first chapter. Mm. Uh, I should have written that down, but I believe it is Hebrews. (laughs) So Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God. He's spoken through the prophets. This is, once again, I could go through all the prophecies Mm. in the Old Testament. And I could, I could tell you how, it's, how marvelous it is that things that were spoken hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus came on the scene were fulfilled. Yep. And not just like, so like Nostradamus would say something like, uh, the, the tower of Bill's house will fall and great, the great you know, demon will rise. And you go, okay, well, maybe that's talking about this and this. No, the Bible says in Bethlehem, right. this will happen. In this place, this will happen. It gives you names and dates and specific times, and you can trace it through history. Mm-hmm. The book of Daniel, okay, is so profound and so prophetic that people say, oh, it couldn't possibly have been written when it was because it, it directly predicted the rise and fall of nations. Right, it would have to be written after. It would have to be written after yeah. because otherwise we'd have to admit that the book of Daniel was actually the prophecy word of God, right. okay? Right. So I could go through all that. Jeremy and I could sit here and we could take you through and it would be awesome, but we would you know, spend hours and you can Google it, okay? <laughs> Go Google it. You have the internet. So the last, thing, <laughs> the last thing is God's written word. That's what we're gonna be talking about today. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. A mm. stand upon the word of God. Who wrote this? The B-I-B-L-E, that's a great, the Bible. That's fun. Uh, the Ten Commandments, the Old and New Testaments. So let's talk turkey. You ready? I'm ready. Why, what does that mean? Let's talk turkey. Like, do, did somebody sit around? They were like, <laughs> <laughs> must be, uh, you know, they're getting ready and they're just yeah. like, you know what? Let's talk turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get down to the nitty gritty. All these, all these things. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we believe? What do we believe, Jeremy? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
What do we believe? We have these wonderful things yeah. in the Reformed faith. We are, we are uh, Presbyterians, mm-hmm. and we have these wonderful things called confessions. Yeah. And uh, there's all sorts of them. The Second Helvetic Confession, and there's the London Baptist Confession, and there's the Westminster Confession. There's all these confessions. Yeah. Heidelberg Catechism, all these things. And they tell you wonderful things about what we believe, what people, saints, have believed mm-hmm. from hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And so we adhere to those confessions. And we put them just above the Bible. Just uh, just right. No. Oh, no, Jeremy. No, bad. No. Bad, Jeremy. Right. <laughs> so here's what we believe about the Bible, the yeah. B-I-B-L-E. Mm-hmm. We believe that all the words in Scripture are, in fact, God's words. Yes. And since they are God's words, Scripture itself is to be read as infallible and inerrant. And all that means is it's incapable of error or free from error. Right. Now, what we don't mean by that are two things. If there's a period in the wrong place mm-hmm. or a P switched with an L, mm-hmm. that's an error from the person who wrote it down. Okay. Yes. You're going to have stuff like that happen. All right. Read Harry Potter. You're going to find error mm-hmm. there. Okay. That's not what we mean. We, by incapable of error, we mean the overall theme message. It's all cohesive, one message, and it's all God's truth revealed to mankind. Yeah. And it's, it, right. you can get stuck in, obviously, people that don't speak English are reading something different. Yes. And we are reading English translations of the original text. So we would say that it's super important for us to go back to the original to the Greek, text to the Hebrew. and see what the author wrote down. And then from that, try to get it into, a, into the language that we can understand. Yes. And there's so much more to that. If you want to check out manuscript stuff, uh, the one thing I will say is like the Bible is has the most manuscripts of any historic book backing it, it up. And it's not like by a little bit. It's like, it's like 20,000 yeah, like manuscripts. By like... Yeah, uh, I can't it's, even it's say a massive amount. And the th- <laughs> thing is, even if we didn't have any manuscript, let's say we threw out the Bible right now, we set it on fire, got rid of every single Bible on earth. Mm-hmm. If we took all the writings of the church fathers, the early church fathers, mm-hmm. we could piece together our Bible almost perfectly today. Yeah. That's how much, I mean, this is how much history we have that like you can compare this to something like Caesar's Gaelic Wars or something like that. I think I've done in the past. I think we have four surviving manuscripts of that. Yeah. Okay. All of the ancient history that you think is for sure is nowhere near as tested as the Bible. Or historically reliable. Okay, right. so that's all we're going to say about that. Uh, what do we believe? So that's what we believe. It's inerrant, infallible. It is the actual Word of God. Mm-hmm. Both the Old and New Testament, we actually believe is the Word of God. We believe this first and foremost because the Bible, why? Because itself claims to be the word, God's Word. This is 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 through 17. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be completed, I mean, sorry, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And it, God breathed. That's right. That's and what it says. God has breathed it out. He's inspired the prophets. When, when you read scripture, it is the very word of God, the truth that he's given us, revealed to us. Yeah. Right. Uh, this means both the Old Testament and the New Testament are God's word. Okay, both of them. Uh, I often talk to people and they go, well, I don't like the, old, the God of the Old Testament. Right. Mm. And there was this guy named Marcion, this heretic named Marcion, classic Marcion. You know, he believed (laughs) in this, that the God of the Old Testament was this guy named Marcion, 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 (laughs) Marcion. He believed in this thing called the Demiurge and he thought it was an evil God. And then the, then the God of the New Testament, Jesus is the good God to overthrow the evil God, the Demiurge. Dead wrong. Dead wrong. (laughs) Marcion. All right. But the fun, the, but I, should, I say funny, but the sad thing is there are people, people I encounter all the time mm-hmm. who truly are still Marcians. They don't even know, right? right, right. Every, every new heresy is just an old heresy with lipstick on. Yeah. yeah that's what I always say. Uh, and so this is not true. If you, people come to me and they go, well, I like Jesus and well, and then you read some of the hard verses where Jesus is not so their Jesus, right? right. And, you, and you go, oh, if you don't hate mother and father, and they go, wait, Jesus said that? Well, uh, I don't think that. I think that was written by man, whatever. They always say that. Right. Well, it's just written by men, right? If you read Jesus, guess what he's quoting all the time? The Old Testament. The Old Testament. All the time. All the time. All the time. Okay? So if you have to, if you want to affirm Jesus, if you like Jesus, then you need to affirm what he affirms, and he affirms the Old Testament. Yeah. All the time. And just lay, like, your ideas down at the feet of Christ, like, it doesn't matter what you like or think or like figure out what he thinks and what he says and then yeah. fall in line. It's, it's yeah. the best place to be. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> and so you can't pick and choose, right? Yeah. Yeah. The thing about the thing, I love atheists who are consistent mm-hmm. because the consistent atheists you can have an, a conversation with. Yes. Right. 
because they're really consistent. And you go, okay, so you believe this? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay, mm-hmm. great. So we have a starting point. Right. It's the people who, and it's the same thing with Christians. There are so many Christians who are not consistent yeah. in their beliefs. And so you need to be consistent. Our last episode was all about balance. Mm-hmm. And part of being consistent is being balanced in what you believe. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing about this is, a, once again, a quick Google search. Whenever I talk, I have certain friends who I get in debates with or will talk on via messenger. I never do it on Facebook. Okay. Do it via messenger. You and them. It's not a show for everyone else to watch and laugh and whatever. Yeah. So we talk and they'll go, well, what about this inconsistency? And I'll go, you know, you can literally Google that and find an answer in five minutes. Yeah. But what they're trying to do is they don't want answers. They want to trap me in something or just prove that I don't know what I'm talking about, whatever. Because so if you really want answers, go to Google, call your pastor, call elder, your pastor, call a pastor, call a church, go to someplace and go, I really want answers. Yeah. But half of the time, over half the time, I'd say you don't really want answers. You just want to make somebody look stupid. Yeah. Right? Or just trap them and end the conversation. Or just trap them in the conversation or justify yourself and say, ha ha, this is why I'm an atheist because these Christians are just stupid. Yeah. And the same thing with, with Christians. Like, don't, how dare you be ignorant of the faith that you claim to believe yeah. in? Like, I really want to challenge you because if you say that you love Jesus and then know his word, mm-hmm. then read the Bible. Like, let me encourage you to really seek out what you believe. If somebody comes to you and goes, hey, why do you believe this? And you can't even give them a basic understanding of the gospel or something like that. Like, come on, let's yeah. get let's get serious about our faith. And if you spend all of your Bible study time in the New Testament, you are missing a ton of awesome stuff that Jesus was quoting. And, you know, he's quoting it perfectly, but there's more context available to you to understand what he meant. Yeah, the New Testament, Old Testament, it's love and marriage. You can't have one. Without the other. marriage. You ever watch that show? Never. Uh, Jesus says in John 8, 31 through 32, he says, So he said to the Jews who had believed him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So if you are a truth seeker, and you're listening to this, and you want to know the truth, or if you are a Christian and you go, Well, I don't, do, I don't even know if I know the truth. Right. Seek him. Hmm. Jesus is the truth. He is the truth, the way, and the life. If you seek him first, seek the kingdom first, read the Bible, search the scriptures, message Jeremy and I on Facebook. Like, we are so accessible, it's not even funny. And we have time. <laughs> like, you know what's not a waste of our time? Talking with you. No. We would love to do that. Yes. So talk with us. If you have questions, come to us. Uh, we won't tell you to go Google it. We will try to give you something. We'll Google it for you. Yeah, Don't worry. we'll paste copy what we found. <laughs> there you go. The next thing is we are convinced of the Bible's claims as we actually read the Bible. Okay. So here's what I mean by this. It's one thing to affirm that the Bible makes claims about itself. It does hundreds of times. Anytime it says, thus says the Lord, guess what it's saying? This is God's word. Right. Okay. It's making a truth claim, but it's one thing to actually say that. Yes, that's what it says. Jeremy could say, I'm a helicopter. It's another Mm -hmm. thing for me to believe that Jeremy's a helicopter. Okay. I don't believe it. And no matter how many times he tells me, but you, are you a turkey? (laughs) So God's word makes claims. Uh, how do we believe it? So our conviction that God's word is true comes only when the Holy Spirit works in and through the Bible in our hearts, okay? So the Holy Spirit works through the call, the call of the gospel, through the preaching and teaching of the word. Do you mind reading that first, first yeah, Corinthians? Yeah, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. So if you read the Bible or you've been to church and you go, ah, I just don't. None of that stuff makes sense to me. It's all mumbly jumbly, hibbly wiggly, right? <laughs> then you need to pray that the Spirit would open your eyes. Yeah. Okay. And and I really want to push back once again on apathy. Yes. I cannot please. stand apathy. And the Bible in the Revelation it talks about. He says, "Because you are neither hot or cold, I will spit you out of my mouth." There are so many lukewarm people yeah. walking this earth, both Christian, quote unquote Christian, and atheists alike. Sure. And they just don't care. Yeah. They're just so apathetic. And I go, you do not care about your eternal destiny. You don't care from one day to the next. There are millions and millions and millions of people who are pleading for you to know Christ. There are millions of people who are, are pulling you one way or the other and you don't care. Right. It's just mind boggling to me. So I'm, I'm pleading with you to care, to search the scriptures yourself, uh, find the answers and come away from it yourself. But, but you need to have spiritual eyes. You need to ask for God to open your eyes to see it. Yeah. And I would say, especially on the Christian side if the only time that you think about God is at church, which you go to every week. And then when you bless your food, my goodness. Yeah. Like you, you are selling yourself so short and you may be selling yourself to hell and that sucks to say, but man, there is a, there's a God that, that wants your life, not your Sunday. 
And the other flip side of this is if you if you have a friend or a family member or somebody that you love who you would love to know Christ, then then pray for years. Yes, for them. Get on your knees, pray for years. I have people I've been praying for for years, and I'm not going to stop till I get to the heaven. Yes, I'm going to keep praying them all the way, and I hope they're going to be there with me. So we're going to pray for that. Uh, if the next thing is the Holy Spirit doesn't work in a person's heart, then they will never accept or believe the truth of the Scripture. So since we're coming at this from from a pre-sup idea, there's nothing I could give you all the proofs. I could, I could sit here and Jeremy and I could give you all the proof. And there's a time and a place for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. For encouraging people, for, for helping them believe all these things that are wonderful proofs. But ultimately, unless the Holy Spirit moves in your heart or moves in your friend's heart or whatever, they're never going to see it as beautiful. Yeah. Right. That's that part of that's how you know if you're a believer. Do you see Christ as beautiful? Mm-hmm. Do you love him? Do you hate your sin? That's the, that's the signs of a spirit filled person. Yeah. Right. And I, I, you know, I pray for that for you. The next thing is this isn't like the Holy Spirit whispers in your ear. So it's not like you're going to sit at home and you're going to go, well, you know what? I'm just going to pray about it and then sit around and wait. <laughs> okay. So the Holy Spirit's not going to come here and go, hey, hey, pick up, hey, pick up your Bible. Hey, 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 you, you know, pick up your Bible. That's not the way it works. Okay. You need to have some human responsibility. You need to pick up the Bible. If you really care about this. Yeah. And you really want answers. Don't just sit on Google, don't sit on Facebook and argue with your pastor. Okay. Don't sit on Facebook and argue with atheists. Don't sit on Facebook and just go on chat rooms and go, you stupid Christians. Ha ha ha. Go find the answers. Yeah. Yourself. Go and seek them out. If you've been waiting for God to tell you where to find the answers to eternal Well, I think he just sent this podcast <laughs> where we said pick up the Bible and then the Bible will answer your questions. You're welcome. Yeah. You know what? I always hear people they go, "Well, I tried church and the people were mean or whatever." I don't go to church for the people. Like no. that's a cherry. Like I love the people of God. Mm-hmm. But I go to be I go to hear the gospel. Yeah. I go to be encouraged by the worship and the 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 preaching and teaching of the word. That's why I go. I go to to meet God. That's why I go to church. Uh, the people I love. Now, that's just a perk. And you listen, they're messed up people. Hmm. And do you know why? Because I'm part of them. <laughs> and I'm messed up too. Jeremy and I are messed up people. And so if you've ever come to a church and you didn't like it, I'm sorry that we were there too. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you're not perfect either. You're not a spring chicken either. You're not a turkey. You're definitely, <laughs> not, you're definitely not talking turkey. Uh, other evidence is not useful. Is Oh, I'm sorry. Other evidence is useful, but not finally convincing. This is Wayne Grudem who wrote a systematic theology. A lot of this I'm getting from his systematic theology. It's very accessible. Obviously, I mean, I don't agree with any one person on everything, Mm -hmm. obviously, Mm -hmm. but he puts this really well. So he says this, it is helpful for us to learn that the Bible is historically accurate, that it is internally consistent, that it contains prophecies that have been fulfilled hundreds of years later, that it has influenced the course of human history more than any other book, that is has that this has continued changing the lives of millions of individuals throughout its history, that through it people come to find salvation, that it has a majestic beauty and a profound depth of teaching unmatched by any other book, and it claims hundreds of times over to be God's very words. All of these arguments and others are useful to us and remove obstacles that might otherwise come in the way of our believing scripture, but all of these arguments taken individually or together cannot finally be convincing. And so he's saying what we're saying. Everything, we could sit here and do all this stuff, but once again, that's not utterly convincing. The only thing that will convince you is for you to sit down, crack open the Word of God, pray, ask the God to open your eyes, and, and read. Yes. And read it. And, and Jeremy's been talking about this guy doing a podcast, right? What's the guy who's been uh, coming at the Bible from just a, Oh, yeah. This is uh, Jordan B. Peterson. Yeah. Uh, he just finished a series through Genesis. So he started with Genesis 1. He went all the way through the story of Joseph. And he's looking at it from a psychological perspective and talking about, you know, meta narratives and yeah. what is what is all behind this. And he respects it a great deal, uh, but he doesn't believe that it's history and certainly doesn't believe that God is the primary actor. Yeah. Um, but he's done more work a, than a some lot of Christians oh, yeah. have, okay, oh, yeah. in their entire life. Uh, and so I can at least respect him. We could have a conversation with him. Of course. And, right? he, and it would be respectful on both sides. Yes. Yeah. Because he's taking it seriously. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the next thing. So read your Bible. Read your Bible. Look at it. Once again, quick Google search provides you all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the next thing is scripture is self-attesting. So here's what I mean by this. The Bible can't be proved by anything else because if there truly is an all-powerful God, which we believe, and he truly did write the Bible, then what authority is more power, more higher than that? He right? said it's the it he said it's the penultimate authority. Yeah. 
It's the ultimate authority. So. And so if, if you're saying, well, I need something else to prove that Scripture is the ultimate authority, no, why? Because it's the ultimate authority. Right. right? Now, you're going to say, well, this is a circular argument. Okay, I get that. Here's Grudem again. He says, it is impossible to prove that Scripture is true by appealing to a higher authority. As Scripture, as God's Word, is already the highest authority one can appeal to. Although it is a circular argument to say that Scripture is the highest authority because it claims to be the highest authority, this does not make it invalid, as any appeal to ultimate authority will base its claim on that authority. So think about this. When people, you I talk to other people, what do they be appeal by? Science, usually. Science. Some people go reason. Mm-hmm. Some people go logic, historical accuracy. They'll say, oh, I just don't know if the Bible is historical or not. Well, most scholars, actually, who have studied the Bible will tell you it is. Yes. Okay. A lot of people go, well, Jesus wasn't even a real guy. Nobody really believes that. They no. all, most scholars, people who have done the work, will all tell you Jesus was a real human being right. who lived. And we have records of his actual events. Yeah. If you go to science, do you know how many hundreds of years science has been pr- trying to prove the Bible wrong or, or not trying to, right? Mm. Because it actually inter- interacts together, like science and Bible actually work together. Yes. But scientists have come at science trying to prove the Bible wrong, and they have yet to do it, utter, right? There's still millions of people somehow, either we're all idiots or fools, and we're just closing our ears to science, or there hasn't been some smoking gun yet, right, mm-hmm. to really clean us out, okay? Uh, the other thing is reason. Some people go, well, reason and logic. Uh, I haven't experienced it. I, you know, I can't know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. All of these, the point of this is all of these are circular because you're appealing to something higher, you're still appealing to something else. Ultimately, if you get down, you know, a consistent atheist will come back and go, there is none. It's just the universe. Yes. I'm just a cosmic accident because that, that's what it all comes down to. It's all accidents or, you know, calculated things that just happened. Okay. Uh, so, so listen, if, if you, if you want to think about it this way, the Quran makes truth claims about itself, mm-hmm. right? About Allah. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Book of Mormon. All these other holy books. What's the um, the one with Hindu? The hot, I can't even think of it. Kadavi, whatever. It's interesting because that one, I just was in a hotel room uh-huh. over a break, and there they have one of those holy books, the Hindu holy book. I can't think of the name of it. I don't in, know it. Actually, right next to Gideon's Bible. Oh wow! Which is, and my dad was like, "All right, the Hindus are stepping up, right?" <laughs> you know, like that's interesting. It was interesting. If you hold the Bible up against those books, hmm. like do it. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm not scared to tell you to hold the Bible up to science. No. I'm not scared of it. Hold the Bible up to reason. Hold it up to logic. Hold it up to historical inaccuracies. We are not scared of that. Not at all. Go do it. Take it. Read the Quran. Go read the Quran. Go read the Book of Mormon. Hold it up to the Bible and go, wait, one of these is truth and consistent, mm-hmm. and the other is inconsistent. You know, it's it's very apparent, yeah. right? And we would say approach, if you're, if you're at that point where you're yeah. just trying to evaluate everything, like approach everything with the same openness. So be just as open to the Book of Mormon as you are to the Bible. Because I promise if you come to it openly yeah. and really look at it, you'll find that one is different than the other. Yeah. And that they're just not the same. And please, please don't listen to your heart yeah. to tell you what is like look at the all encompassing human experience of these books and and come to a real thing. And then do pray though. But yeah. but, but but don't listen to your heart. Do you, know how I know, above all things. do you know how I know Jeremy's not a real helicopter? What? Because because I just know it. Oh, because wow. I just believe it in my heart. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, uh, you are a helicopter, or at least you're a turkey. <laughs> this means... I don't know. So this is uh, the final thing here. I say final thing. There's still a little bit more. This means, and this is serious, to disobey Scripture, to deny it, and to disbelieve it is a sin. And... By by saying, oh, I believe this part of the Bible or I don't believe this part, if you do not take the whole thing as God's word, you're you're in blatant sin because you're calling God a liar. Mm-hmm. And to call the God of the universe a liar, that should terrify you because there, there are consequences for you looking at God in his face, looking at the revelation he's given to you, looking at creation and saying, oh, you know that creation, how beautiful it is, how intricate it is, how my DNA strand looks like it was knitted together. You know how all that is? That was all happenstance and chance, and thank you, universe. Mm. To 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 attest to that and to give glory to something else that is that is grievous. That's grievous sin. Yes. So let me warn you about that. Um, you need to really don't be apathetic. Stop living life apathetic. You need to come down on this and give God the glory that is due Him, 
Titus 1-2 says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. The Bible says he cannot lie. And so to say that the Bible is not his word, that is it's calling him a liar. So just take that very, very seriously. I take it seriously. Jeremy does as well. We want you to as well. Um, I think Thomas Jefferson, what he's the guy who used to pick apart the Bible and pick parts he wanted and oh, yeah. other parts. Same thing with Marcion. He threw out the Old Testament, said, adios, kick it out. I once had a pastor look at me and tell me that the New Testament was way better than the Old Testament. Um, so just be careful with your words, right? Be careful with what you do. Uh, the New Testament points to the Old, and the Old Testament points to the New, and they all point to Christ. So yeah, you can't have one without the other. Scripture interprets Scripture. So that's the next thing we'll say. So how do we read the Bible, right? How, if Jeremy, if I come across a hard passage, what's the best way to judge? Should I go down to uh, Joe Schmo and ask him what he thinks, what he I, feels? I don't think so. Okay, what should I do? We have this awesome thing called the Internet. Yeah, <laughs> the Google. And, and obviously, we're not saying like Google is uh, defining the Bible for us. No. But we can access good people. literally thousands of years of people that have been trying to understand the Bible. Yeah. And there's a lot to sift through. It, it, because you find someone that sounds smart, say something, doesn't make it right. But there's work that you can do to try to understand that. Yeah. The first place to go, and I think we already said this, is, is to the Bible. How does the Bible interpret itself? And you can't always do that with the, the little numbers at the bottom that give you a, like, you got to understand the Bible yeah. in its context, which means reading it through many times over many years. Uh, I'm, I'm barely at the beginning of, beginning of that. I've read the Bible through four times now in my life. That's it, because I'm getting a late start. But there's, uh, I really hope, like the Bible plan that I've got in place, I hope to have read the Bible like 25 times by the time I'm 50. I think by then, I should have an idea of how it works together. And uh, that's, you know, I want that for myself. I want that in my own head. And in the meantime, of course, I'm going to go and I'm going to see what Spurgeon had to say about this. And I'm going to see what uh, somebody else that I respect, Horton. I'm going to see what Michael Horton has to say about this. Like, I'm listening to a lot of John Piper. Like I'm trying to find people that I trust and what I trust is that they love God and that they believe that the Bible is true. And then from there I just go. Yeah. So what happens? Here's the question. Mm -hmm. If tomorrow science comes out with it, the smoking gun and they go, here it is undeniable proof that the Bible's wrong. What do we do, Jeremy? That couldn't happen. That's not true. Right. (laughs) (laughs) We could, it couldn't happen. Okay. And if it, if something like that happened, like somebody always said, like if aliens show up, I would stop believing the Bible or something like uh-huh. that. You know, there's this wonderful thing. And this is um, this may shock some people, but there's a wonderful part in Silver Chair where Puddle Glum, the, the uh, witch is looking at him and she goes, there is no sun. Right. And they go, there is no sun. Mm-hmm. And Puddle Glum says, no, no, there is a sun. I know there is a sun. Yeah, I saw and it. She, and she's I saw it. I saw it. And she's trying to go, no, there is no thing. And he goes, madam, even if there is no Narnia, I will live like a Narnian because my Narnia licks your world clean mm-hmm. right and so i have the faith of puddle glum if if an alien comes tomorrow and goes we made this all up man i'm going to my grave as a christ follower like i'm sorry you can't you can't change me um so even if science comes out like as as contradictory and as, as foolish as i may be called i'm sticking with god's word i'm gonna stick with it because i believe that is the highest authority I'll stand by you. Yeah. So we'll, Jeremy and I will be the two prophets in the street that people kill. And we'll oh, whoa. <laughs> we just elevated ourselves. Woo! Not good. Uh, very serious. <laughs> Romans 1. <laughs> this is where we all get it. This is where we all get it from. Romans 1, 18 through 23. Jeremy, do you mind reading that chunky there? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So that's that's where we get this, right? Paul says everybody born into this world knows there is a God. You walk out your door, you look at you look at everything, and you go, "There's a God, there's a God." I mean, every, the creation sings His name. The trees are clapping their hands. The mountains are everything is singing the praises of God. And and to look at it and go, 
that's just chance. That's something, uh, you know, all this happens. That's, that's exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Yeah, or saying mother nature is such an amazing, yeah. like, please no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I please mean, no. so the, the beautiful thing about science, like we said, really good science points to the Bible. The yeah. Bible point, I mean, it all affirms itself. Yes. And, and so that's what we're saying at the, be- at the beginning here. There is no true atheist, right? Because you can, I mean, you can really hate God, like we said, but um, to, to wake up every day and to breathe in his air, hmm. to breathe in the, the air that he's pumped into your lungs, you're denying the one who's sustaining you. Yeah. And that's called common grace. He's giving you rain. He's giving you love. He's giving you grace. He's giving you common grace. And every day you walk and you spit in his face. And, and even, I mean, even as believers, I wake up and I don't give him glory every day. Of course. Right. And so, um, just think about that. Think about that. So let me, let me challenge some people here. This is my challenge for the new year. Okay. And this is for both Christians and non-Christians alike. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a piece of paper, make this a resolution, spend about an hour, 30 minutes if you need to, whatever time, right? Write down all your objections. Okay. If you're an, if you don't believe, write down all your objections to the Bible, write down a bunch of stuff. Try to mark out the stuff where it says, I just don't think, or I feel like, <laughs> like uh, seriously, use yes. reason and logic, okay? Yeah. Write down, well, maybe science says this. Is this true? Whatever. Write it all down on a piece of paper, mm-hmm. okay? And throughout this year, check off that list for a year. You have a year to go Google things, you know, once a week, once a month, check on something, open your Bible, go, go to the scriptures and search because you have a year of your life is going to be nothing compared to an eternity. Mm-hmm. Spend a year. On the flip side of this, if you're a Christian and you have questions, what you know, write down a list. I want to read through this book. I've never read the book of Habakkuk. I've never read the book of Ezekiel. Write down those things. I want to know about this answer. I want to know more about this. I, I want to, my faith is weak here. Yeah. I want to know more about this. Write that down yeah, too. My friend keeps asking me about this and I don't know how to answer. Exactly. Yeah. Write that down too. You have a year to do this. All right. That's my challenge to you. I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to challenge Jeremy to do it along with his 31. That's part of his thing. 31 day, mm-hmm. write, write stuff down that you want to know more about. Challenge yourself, progress in your faith. Yes. Right. Uh, and move forward. And here's the thing at the end of the year, if you've looked the scriptures, if you've gone to church, if you've really given it a hundred percent and you've prayed and you've asked people to pray for you, if you've gone, then you can t- go into 2019 and go, you know what? I gave that Christian thing a chance. Mm-hmm. I gave it a chance. And if the spirit hasn't opened your eyes, then then come talk to me and I'm going to pray for you the rest of my life. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm not going to give up on you just because you gave up, but I'm asking you for a year for your soul. That's what I'm asking you. I'm challenging you for a year for your soul, because if you don't care about it, I care about it. I can't. So that's why Jeremy and I do this whole thing. We care about you and we take this uh, dead seriously. So 2018, no apathy, no pride, put it at the foot of the cross. Um, I'm, that's my challenge to you, both Christian, non-Christian alike. Um, if you were tied to a train track, track, okay, this is, this is how I must put it. If you're tied to a train track and you heard Jeremy and I calling in the distance to get off, and we said, there's a train coming, there's a train coming, there's a train coming. And you sat there and you said, well, I'm, but there's no train coming. I don't see it. I don't see it yet. What would you do? Hmm. You'd get off the track. You'd get off the ropes. You'd, you'd get out. You'd say, help me. Somebody help me. Move, move. You would do something. And what people don't understand is all of us are tied to that tra- train track. And people are calling and begging us to get off. And we are here to begging you to get off the train track, to repent, believe, Ask God to open your eyes and he will, he will free you. Yeah. He will get you off the train track. You don't have to be crushed because guess what? There's a train coming for all of us and that's trains called death. Yeah. And no matter who says it, we can either be on the train tracks when it comes or we can jump off and, and you know, get eaten by a dog or something <laughs> off the train track. There's, there's a better way to escape. There's a freedom in Christ. There is no kinder savior. Yeah. There's no kind of savior. You won't find another one. And death is just what we think the train is. The real train is is God's justice and yeah. God's wrath. Yeah. So uh, this may have been pretty intense. Uh, good, I guess. We we um, put a bunch of turkey sounds in. It couldn't have yeah, been that intense. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we talked turkey. We definitely talked turkey. We talked turkey a lot. Turkey was talked. Yeah. Um, it, it may be unsatisfying for some, like I said. I, I hope I hope it was satisfying. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this will get you excited about going. Go read the scriptures, man. How crazy is it that we have the word of God in our hands, mm. sitting on our sitting on our desk, getting dust? You know, don't don't let it collect dust. Go rip it open. Go open it. Smell it. Breathe it in. Write on write on it. Highlight it if you need to. Okay. Yeah. Don't draw paintings and stuff <laughs> on the side. <laughs> um, but go go do it. We're calling you to God's word. Listen to His truth. Repent, believe, 
man, do it. 2018, let this be the year that you stop sitting on your hands. Yeah. There's, I'm hesitant to make a book suggestion when we're suggesting that you yeah. read the Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> well, no, throw it out there. there you is got a, a whole year. There's a book called Taking God at His Word. It's by Kevin DeYoung, and he's a solid guy. Um, it's short. And it gives you the idea. It gives you the greater argument that we've made in this podcast. Yeah, uh, maybe in a little bit clearer uh, format in a with not less minute. turkey sounds. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, that that might be a good if you're kind of like, well, I hear what you guys are saying, but I'm not sure about like the Bible authenticates the Bible. Like what? Yeah, uh, this guy Kevin DeYoung taking God at His word. It's a short read, and it just lays that out uh, perfectly for the precept position. And Kevin's brilliant. He's yep. a really smart guy. Yep. Yep. Uh, Last thing I'll say is Jeremy and I once were lost. We were lost and we are found. And the Bible told us we were lost. It told us how holy God was. It terrified me. And I, when I was very young, I wanted to escape hell. I was scared to death. And that was, uh, I came to the Bible and I read it as a bunch of rules. And I thought, well, I need to follow these rules to escape hell. I'm on the train track. I know that's coming. I need to escape. Mm. Now, I tried to do that myself. I tried to untie my ropes with my teeth. You know, you can see the image here. I tried to get out uh, when, when in reality Christ was there and he was going to take untie it for me. Yeah. And when I found that, that was the gospel. That's what freed me from the train track. When I realized the ropes were untied because somebody else had already taken the train for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, what, that's what Jesus did on the cross. He, he's freed you of your sin. He's taken your sin. He's given you all of his righteousness. This is the great exchange. We give him all of our junk. He takes all of our junk, destroys it. He gives us all of his good stuff, all of his righteousness. Now we have a massive bank account. We're full of Bitcoins, (laughs) right? Bitcoins of righteousness. Uh, That's good news. And that's the news I can give you today. Uh, And so I hope you'll accept it. 2018, this is our challenge. This is our resolution episode. I think our next Back to the Basics episode will be about God. We'll talk about who God is, the Trinity, all that stuff. Uh, so I hope you're excited about that. I'm excited for this. I'm excited. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun series. So we love talking nerdy stuff, but we're we're nerdy Bible guys, and we like talking that too. Uh, we'll start a new series too. I think we're going to maybe talk about Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or something coming up maybe. Maybe. Yeah, that would well, be fun. So we'll talk about that. Along for the ride. We've Let's been wanting to do Lord of the Rings for a while, so we'll see what happens. We have to do it good though. We can't oh, yeah. no, we no, can't no, we just kind of do it. No, no, we won't. We'll, we'll break it up into multiple. I'm kind of scared. I don't want us to mess oh, it up. Oh, no, we don't won't. Do it would be great. <laughs> Thanks as always for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, share it with a friend, share it with an enemy, uh, down, download it and just look at it and think about it. <laughs> I, guess. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure how this would work or not, but if you want to come on the Facebook group and kind yeah. of share like maybe not your whole list of things that you're going to look at this year as far as questions oh, about the Bible, cool. but if you wanted to put a couple of them, uh, one, uh, people may have answers for you uh, that they can at least we'll point you to good resources. We'll knock out your list in the first month, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it might just be fun to have those kinds of discussions. Like we, you know, when we say we're not afraid of the hard questions for the Bible, like we mean that literally. We don't mean like bring them. Yeah, we'll, 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 yeah, it'd be fun. We're happy to look at the hard questions. Yeah, come join our group. Like I said, we're we're hitting three twenty something, and if we get three fifty something from my house. Could be in your house. Is it Thad? Because I will take. Is it my son? I will take him. <laughs> no, hold, I want that kid. I'll hold back. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening to the Nerd Gospel Podcast. I'm Heath. I'm Jeremy. Stay nerdy.